Welcome into a brand new episode of Trainwreck Fantasy Football. I'm your host, Wake Jotkins. Again, Meerkat, the dart daddy himself here, Chris Alamo, and Jordan Rosas joining us from his car for the first episode of Trainwreck Fantasy that he's going to be a part of. we got a great show for you guys. We're going to talk quarterbacks, we're going to talk sleepers, busts, probably going to go through the elite tiers of the top few guys just to give you guys our, our thoughts on them as well. But first, got to remind you, we are sponsored by our friends at Manscaped. You can use promo code TRAINWRECK for 20% off and free shipping. You use it on a lawnmower 4.0, which they just came out. That LED light just got brighter, so you're not gonna do have any nicks, no tugs, no snugs, no snags. Whatever you call it when you cut your balls, it's not gonna happen again. Your balls will thank you, as Meerkat's pointing to his shirt right there. So go check out our friends. Manscaped, again, promo code TRAINWRECK, gets you 20% off and free shipping, but we have bigger fish to fry than our balls today. We have quarterbacks to talk about. Like I said, we're going to do some sleepers, some busts, but we'll just talk about maybe the position as a whole right now. You'll see the ADP, which is average draft position, going across the bottom of the screen there. Mahomes is obviously number one. Allen's number two. And I guess there's kind of a lot of debate in there um, with Kyler Murray coming in as the third one. I personally have him a little bit lower. Chris, you're nodding your head already, so I'll let you let you kick this off here. What do you make of the top quarterbacks, uh, and are there any that scare you off just a little more than the rest? Um, I, I think there's a very solid top four this year um, between Mahomes, Allen, Murray, and Lamar. Uh, I think I'm not really scared of taking any of those uh, players, but you're going to have to, you know, give up a lot of draft capital to get them. So I'm not scared of any of them busting, but I feel like you can get more value um, picking a quarterback later in, uh, later in the draft that maybe might do a, look a tad bit worse than one of those guys, but allows you to take a better skill position player early in the draft. Yeah, that's what worries me about taking those quarterbacks early. Like personally, I think I like Prescott more than Jackson or Murray. I feel like people are kind of just forgetting about how good he is because every time he gets hurt, he's on pace for like 6,000 yards and 80 touchdowns because the Dallas defense is just that badly. Uh, and part of fantasy isn't just the quarterback. It's about the defenses that go along with them. Like if, if they have a bad defense on their team, that automatically gives them probably like a 25% boost over someone with a good defense. Right. Um, and that's why I like Prescott a lot personally, but Meerkat, you're looking at the top five, top six, however many of the elite guys are there. Um, what what sticks out to you the most with them? Uh, pretty much with me, you brought up Dak already. I actually have Dak fourth above Lamar in my rankings this year. Not that I'm down on Lamar, it's just we've been seeing insane quarterback play the past couple of years, giant yeah. numbers coming out, especially with the rise of, you know, real dual threat QBs who can actually throw the ball with Josh Allen, Lamar, Kyler. Like these guys are going to put up massive, massive points. And a lot of them have gotten upgrades this season. That's why I have Kyler third. I mean, that offense is a bit reworked this year, but you know, he's got games under his belt with DeAndre Hopkins. Now they add AJ Green. I like Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, one of my favorite picks out of this. Draft. I remember during the I draft party, you loved him. Yeah. Yeah, I, and like they, they made some good moves there in Arizona for Kyler. A bit of a sophomore slump last year, and this is where you see like with the third year where these type of dual-threat quarterbacks can really, really put it together. And mm -hmm. he's got continuity with the whole staff now, so I love him coming in at third. And, you know, I my tier one is kind of six quarterbacks. I know 
uh, we're going to hear some hate against him later from Jordan probably. But uh, <laughs> I, I love Justin Herbert this year. I I'm a Justin Herbert fanatic. Like <laughs> I, I love what he's going to do. I have him sitting at six, and I have to keep that, you know, the tier one there. I really think he's that type of quarterback this year. Yeah, you're high on Dak. You're higher on Herbert. I'm higher on Dak. I'm higher on Herbert. It sounds like Meerkat and I are going to have the same exact quarterback rankings, which I know he and I differ a lot on running backs and wide receivers a lot when we mm-hmm. did the playoff shows. That happened quite a bit. So it's funny to see how that happens. Uh, Jordan, we'll let you get in here. Uh, you know, you, you, I know earlier you said that you don't love Justin Herbert so much. So maybe this is a good opportunity. He's in that kind of elite tier of quarterbacks. You might be able to say that this year where you're going to draft them at least in a round that's in the single digits. Right. Uh, so so we'll start with the busts and we'll let you kick it off. What is it about Justin Herbert that makes him look like a bust to you? So first off, I got to say I'm out here in L.A. I. I love Justin Herbert. Don't get me wrong. I was thrilled when the Chargers drafted him. Love the way he played last year. I was cheering for him. Being out here in L.A., the Chargers, the Clippers, people in L.A., they just don't care. They they don't care about Like, there are no Chargers fans out here. I've seen, like, five living out here. There are more – there are – I mean, I, I, nobody even thinks about him. So I was thrilled that the Chargers finally got – a guy who looks like a star. The problem is they just got a new coach. He's a second-year quarterback. He outperformed expectations as a rookie, so I really don't think it's necessarily fair to see that um, performance last year and say, all right, this is his floor. He's going to grow from there. They they got rid of Anthony Lynn, which was the right move. Don't get me wrong. Lynn, I don't think he's a good head coach. I do think he's a great offensive mind, though. What he did with the Chargers – They were always competitive. There were maybe three games last season, two or three games, where they weren't competitive. There was the New England game they got blown out. There was the Buffalo game where the Bills bullied them. But this is a team that went toe-to-toe with Kansas City twice. I mean, sure, Kansas City rested their starters at the end of the season, so the Chargers win that one, big deal. But they took Kansas City to overtime earlier in the season. And I think that gets slept on a lot. The problem was Lynn just had coaching blunders that would throw games away. But he was very good at preparing his team. He's not there anymore. Now they have a defensive-minded guy. And the guy's coming from the Rams, where they had a lot of QB problems last season. So it really would not surprise me at all if he puts puts the muzzle on Herbert a little bit, is a bit more conservative. They like to run the football a bit. I just think there's a lot, a lot of things shaping up for Herbert to have a disappointing fantasy campaign. Now, if you're in a dynasty league, by all means, grab him. Stash him. I think he's going to be a superstar in the next couple of years. I just think that he's a prime candidate for a little bit of a sophomore slump. I don't have him as a top 10 QB this year. Yeah, and I kind of get that. Um, and, and I guess like maybe the point is that we're drafting him at what his ceiling was last year and not what his floor could potentially be this year. And, and, you know, they didn't exactly lose a lot of people, lose a lot of bodies, mouths that he's feeding. Like, they still have the same running backs. They still – I think they brought in a, a rookie running back in the draft, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but they still have Keenan Allen. They still have Mike Williams, who we've been waiting to break out for so long. So is that – are those really the receivers that can let Justin Herbert not bust this year based on his ADP? Chris? Um, they did lose Hunter Henry. Oh, you're right. Wow. How is – how did I forget that name? <laughs> was huge for Herbert, a big security blanket. I still love him. Um, I think the change of head coach is good for the team, maybe not for him as a fantasy owner or a fantasy player. Yeah. Um, 
I still think he makes it into the top 12. I think where he is, like 10 to 7. Well, I mean, his ceiling is 1, but or 10 to <laughs> His like most likely outcome for me is ten to six. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a world where he outperforms Kyler, um, maybe even Lamar. So I, mm-hmm. where he's being drafted, I think. I mean, what round? Let's see, Herbert. I think he's he's, he's the seventh quarterback off the board right now. So what, like sixth or seventh round, maybe eighth? Right, and the guys around him. I mean. Mm-hmm. I think that he is the pick for the guys around him in that area. Um, like Rod- I, I'd rather have him than Rodgers, personally. Oh my, yeah, absolutely. If you're drafting today, like first of all, don't touch Rodgers if you're drafting today. I, I'm personally not going to bring him up the rest of the show just because we don't know what's going to happen with him. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, his most likely possibility is being the seventh best quarterback or somewhere in there, plus or minus a few spots. And drafting at someone's ceiling, that's why we like sleepers. That's why we like waiting on quarterbacks. Meerkat, what do you make of this Herbert Payne? I mean, I, I just think uh, I, I could see a sophomore slump a bit there because what he did last year as a rookie was pretty ridiculous. But I just think he he showed he's actually very talented. You know, like it kind of wasn't a flash in the pan thing. Like he, he was a very highly touted pick. He, they built that offense for him. He performed in it, and I think he can carry that over this year. Yeah, he lost Hunter Henry, but I still like their tight end room they built. You know, Jared Cook, a savvy vet, Donald Parnham Jr., XFL superstar. They drafted <laughs> Trey McKitty, and you brought up the receiver room. I mean, it's a little shallow after Keenan and Williams, but – he, he can work with stuff. He he fits with his receivers. He's kind of like Allen where he's a big ball yeah. distributor. Um, you know, he make, he elevates guys to his level of play. So that's why I like him to keep going strong this year. And I just – I think he's a threat. Last year's quarterback class was just like great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last year's quarterback class is what we imagined the, the Baker, Allen, Darnold, Rosen quarterback class would all be right off the bat. Um, and yeah, when we're talking about players, like just because we think someone should be the 10th quarterback taken and not the seventh doesn't mean we hate the player. I just want to put that out there now. Like Jordan does not hate Justin Herbert. It's just, you know, this is about asset management. You're not going to use a first round pick on a running back who doesn't return first round value. So that's, that's the basis for the conversation here. And Jordan's nodding. So that means, that means we're good to move on. (laughs) Uh, Meerkat, who's your bust for, for quarterbacks this year? I, I hate saying that this guy's going to be a bust because, I, but he's still, you know, fairly highly rated. I believe he is going. Sorry, I should have had this number ready. I mean, he's going 14th, so it's not like you know, super highly rated guy. He's probably he might be being drafted a little higher, but I'm super down on Matt Ryan this year. I think this is a big Matt Ryan regression year. Um, the the offensive line is just not great for him, and you know, I I'm a huge Kelvin Ridley guy. We're going to talk about him without Julio coming the receiver episode. Um, <laughs> But I don't, Ridley is a number one. Gage is eh, – Tajay Sharp's a guy I liked, you know, a few years ago in Tennessee. I thought I can break out. Never happened. And, uh, you know, rooting for Antonio Nunn there, former Bull. They got Pitts and Hurst, but still, I just – I don't see it this year. I don't think he has enough protecting him. I, his weapons are a bit, you know, one one single faceted. I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure out the word I want to say here. One-dimensional? Yeah, 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 there we go. Um, single faceted. What am I doing? I'm sorry, I'm out of it today. But yeah, Matt Ryan, I just, guy. I, Words are I hard. think, 
yeah, I, I'm not saying he loses a starting job to AJ McCarron or Felipe Franks this year, but <laughs> I just think I, I think he finishes more in like maybe the kind of early 20s. Like I could see him finishing as like QB 23, 24 or something this year. And uh, I'm not sure if any of you guys have. I won't go deep into him. I I know most of you are probably down on him. And I like him. I think he can be good, but I think Tua is going to be very overdrafted this year. I don't think he's going to have a – he might be winning this year, but I don't think he's going to have a ton of production. Yeah, yeah I'm with you I'm on with Tua. I'm also with you on Matt Ryan. Like, the, like that defense is bad. And like I said, mm-hmm. like talking about Dak Prescott before, you want a quarterback with a bad defense. But like Julio Jones said he wanted to go somewhere where a quarterback had some zip on his ball. Matt Ryan does not have any zip on that deep ball anymore. Russell Gage fits more of a slot wide receiver three role than wide receiver two. Mm-hmm. He's not big enough to be able to do that, so I don't like that either. That's why they're saying they might play Kyle Pitts more as a wide receiver than a tight end, which is yeah. absolutely bananas to me. Um, but, yeah, Matt Ryan and the guy I'm going to talk about, just two aging quarterbacks that that just aren't what they used to be. Their best days are behind them. Jordan, uh, what do you make of Matt Ryan in, in 2021? I'll be honest, I'm staying away from the entire Atlanta offense this year. I think there's a ton of bust potential all over. You look at the Falcons over the last five years, and, I mean, basically ever since that Super Bowl, they've been almost a great team all the time. They've been almost a great offense. But when it gets down to it, there's always some reason that stops them. They never quite get there. And you mentioned Calvin Ridley. I love him as a fantasy asset. But I remember last year, I think, it, I think he actually put up a donut healthy. Played the whole game, not a single catch. And so, yeah, he'll have those games where he goes off for 150 yards, two touchdowns. But without Julio Jones, he's going to get the clamps put on him a lot. And when he's got to play those elite corners, I think there's a really high chance that he disappears when you need him most. And if that happens in the playoffs, yikes. You know, I think Kyle Pitts is going to be out there. And, you know, I think he's going to be a great player in the NFL. But uh, I think you guys were talking about it last week that tight ends take a while to develop in the NFL. Don't expect Kyle Pitts to be a star right away. And Julio Jones, yeah, he might be a shell of himself, but he still has that veteran experience, that veteran leadership that Kyle Pitts isn't going to have. When it's, you know, when it's crunch time, when it's clutch time, how certain are we that Kyle Pitts is going to come through in the NFL as a rookie? You look at the running backs, probably going to be Mike Smith this year. Yeah, he was great in Carolina filling in for Christian McCaffrey last year. But he's, what, 28 years old? Running backs don't generally break out at age 27. You know what I mean? So there's huge potential for regression there. I just, that whole Atlanta offense, I just think you are it's fool's gold. I think you're going to get some really great performances out of them. But don't be surprised when any one of those guys disappears in the clutch for you. You don't like Quadrillison? What was that, Chris? You don't think Quadrillison's going to break out? Can he's just high school graduate? <laughs> Open back great right. goal line option. Yeah, they said that it's going to be an open backfield. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, buddy. <laughs> I, I mean, who's their RB two right now? Isn't it like Cordero Patterson, or am I mistaken? myself? No, nah, you might actually be right. Is it, wait, what's it, Chris? Edo Smith, I think. Edo Smith. It's still Edo Smith. Edo Smith is still waiting to break out back there. Jesus, um, man, I feel like I wait. No, Brian Hill is the Falcons quarterback. I tweeted some hurt or running back. I tweeted hurt. Oh, shit at last Cordell year. Patterson is on the Falcons. Okay, I was like, am I getting that wrong? Well, he did great with the Bears, so only up from there, right? Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I got nothing else to say on Matt Ryan. Chris, did you have anything else to go on, or do you want me to want to give your bust? I had him written down as one of my busts as well, but I've got another one, so I'm ready to go whenever. All right, let's go. Let's hear it. 
Um, I this is kind of like a cop out, so I'll give two. Um, Jared Goff. I mean, not that anyone was planning on drafting Jared Goff, but like they don't have anyone on that team. I don't know who their wide receiver one is, or they didn't draft one, did they? Uh, they. I feel like they did. Yeah, I feel Uh, like they drafted uh, somebody in the mid rounds. If I'm not mistaken. Possibly, um, but I, I just don't see go- that offense being any better with Goff and without Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. That's mm-hmm. an easy one, though. I mean, we touched on this guy before, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the it's too. I mean, by the time the draft comes, we might have more clarity. But I just the vibes around that is just so. I don't know. I just I would rather draft someone else in that area. Uh, Rodgers could always, you know break like be a stud but you don't see people repeating like great seasons twice in a row he wasn't the number one because alan was but i just there's a reason he's being drafted so low you know what i mean so i would stay away from him don't get drawn in by the brand name yeah bouncing off that rogers thing a bit there's like in my rankings this year once he got past like 20 even before in some spots it's kind of hard to make because there's so many question marks around the league with quarterbacks with yeah just lucky with quarterback battles rookies being brought in that are supposed to be starting but they're saying oh no this guy's qb1 uh you know all this stuff going on with some big name quarterbacks this year a lot of flocks and you know like even like a guy like i don't where i don't want to get into this at all but like a deshaun watson it's just like it, like is he? He's definitely not playing. But like, uh, if he, what happens if he does? Like, who knows what's going on with a lot of guys? Like Rogers, is he actually going to sit out? Is he just going to show up week one? And be like, all right, I'm playing. Like, yeah, a lot of a lot of weird things going on around the league right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Tyrod. He was almost my sleeper. And, like, I am not one of the people that, like, worships him for what he did in Buffalo. Like, it just so happens he was the average quarterback that was here when we got to the playoffs. He did not get us there himself. I'm sorry, any anyone who loves Tyrod. Like, I'm sorry. That's just that's – just I, I love Tyrod, but I agree. I love him as a dude, but, like, you know, he's yeah, – yeah. Like, I don't know. I almost brought him up as a sleeper, though. I just wanted to say that real quick. Um, but on golf, though, yeah. Like you said, no one really planned on taking him anyways. That trade – it hurt the entire Lions offense. It hurt TJ Hawkinson. It just made every player on that offense not anyone you would want to attach yourself to. So why would you want to even like come close to touching the quarterback there? Like even DeAndre Swift, who was a yeah, great yeah. running back, just because the quarterback from that whole offense is ruined. And, and, and they keep yeah, adding running backs, and it's just like I don't know what they're doing. And Chris brought up that receiver room too. I like Tyrell Tyra Williams is going to be the number one, but after that, it's a complete shit show. You know, they have like just a bunch of guys who are never really mounted anything, like Rashad Perriman, Geronimo Allison, uh, yeah. Quintez Cephas. Then their draft Quintus pick you, you brought up, I think was I think Amon Ross St. Brown out of USC. They took in the fourth. It might have been third or fifth, but I think it was fourth. But still. Just not a dynamic guy that you needed to replace Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, Jordan, do you have anything you'd want to add on Goff and, and or Rodgers? Um, so I actually kind of like Rodgers for the reasons that you're saying. Just because he is slipping, I think he's one of those quarterbacks that you could drop him in any offense and he'll find ways to produce. His teammates, on the other hand, you got a lot of receivers there that if they don't get time with the quarterback, you're going to get a lot of drops. They'll start complaining. Um, I would not – I think he is, in terms of, like, QB talent, I think he's still, like, a top five guy. 
But because of everything going on, he's not a top five fantasy asset. I wouldn't draft him that high. But if he does slip to me, I am happy to take him just because I think there is value there. There is upside, um, especially, you know, if you're in a draft that's this early, a lot can happen. A lot of issues could get resolved, but it is definitely a situation to keep an eye on. Um, but again, I'm not going to take him where I normally would just because of all that drama going on. Um, you mentioned Jared Goff. I actually kind of like that trade for Detroit because I think Detroit was in a position where you just kind of needed to, to blow everything up and start over again. Um, they can't draft a running back to save their life. Um, I mean, it's today it's DeAndre Swift. You know, I was Amir Abdullah not long ago, Joy Cabell a few years back. But I actually do like TJ Hawkinson here because I think he's the lone bright spot in that offense. And we did start to see Jared Goff use his tight ends a bit more last year. He had two of them. And if instead of, you know, the Gerald Everett and, you know, Taylor Higby, if he kind of converges those, those, those targets just into TJ Hawkinson, I do think there is some value there, especially because TJ Hawkinson's not going to be drafted along with, you know, Darren Waller and George Kittle, certainly not with Travis Kelsey. But if you can get him after – if you can get TJ Hawkinson after you already have your wide receiver 1-2, running back 1-2, maybe even your quarterback, potentially even a flex, I, I, I like that value there. Um, but I wouldn't – I would say there, you definitely do need to be careful anytime you're dealing with the Detroit offense and not just because of Jared Goff. There's – I don't know if it's something in the water or what, but that team is cursed. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of a little town called Flint, Michigan. Little town called Flint, Michigan. There is an issue with the water. There is an issue with the water. Um, but, but, Jordan, you my mute. No, thank you. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, Goff, like he could just because of how bad that defense is, he could be a streamer, he could be like a DFS guy, but he's not someone you want to draft at all. Like maybe you go through their schedule and see that they actually have like easy weeks that line up with another quarterback's hard weeks. Like that's a good way to like actually approach drafting quarterbacks, maybe. But I mean, it, do you really want to put that much effort into sneaking Jared Goff into your lineup? I know I don't. Someone I'm also really not going to try to sneak into my lineup is a quarterback that every morning when he wakes up, he breaks his legs, and every night he breaks his arms, and that is Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, like, like I saw like the Steelers tweet out, like, man, he posted one of the best QBRs of his entire career last year. Yeah, but he also had a lower depth or lower yards per completion than Drew Locke last year with 6.3 yards per completion. It's bad. And instead of trying to invest in the offensive line and keep their 39-year-old quarterback that's throwing the ball 600 times a game or 600 times a year healthy, they got a running back and they drafted a tight end in the second round, Pat Fryermuth, who wasn't a great run blocker in college or a great pass blocker in college. Um, you know, he's a decent tight end, but that doesn't move the needle for that offense because, you know, you saw it on the first play of the Browns playoff game last year against the Steelers. Ben had no time. Ben gets fumbled. Then it's a touchdown, and they're down 7 nothing. and my over bet hit by the end of the first quarter. It was fantastic for me, but terrible for the Steelers. Um, the defense is still going to be good, even though Bud Dupree left. Steven Nelson's not there. It's still a well-coached defense with Mike Tomlin. He is kind of one of the better coaches in the NFL, and he might not get the credit he deserves for it, especially after managing Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Like, holy hell. Like, to manage personalities like that, you got to be good. Um, but that being said, he also loves to run the ball more than he loves to pass it. They drafted Najee Harris in the first round for a reason. I don't like anything about the Steelers' offense this year, to be completely honest. I mean, like, Juju could be good just because he's a slot guy and slot targets are worth more than targets on the perimeter. Like 
Yeah. Oh, they are going to play him outside. Okay. So Juju's not worth anything this year. We'll talk about that more in the wide receivers. Um, but Chris, how do you feel about them? Like my dad still starts him in his dynasty league. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, uh, the time, his time is over. I mean, he's week one against the bills. I'm looking, he, they're licking their chops. Yeah. they are. Yeah. I, I wouldn't touch him with a 10 football. Yeah. And he's like the 17th ranked quarterback in ADP right now. I would not be shocked if he was 30 or worse by the end of the season. Meerkat. Yeah. Yeah, no, I have Roethlisberger ranked 25th just because I think if he's healthy for the whole year, he can still put up decent numbers, but he's not going to do anything impressive. I, yeah. He's got an incredible receiving core, and we'll get into the receivers. I, I like Deontay Johnson this year pretty much based off of his what hit the volume he was getting last year carrying over to this year and what he can do after the catch not so much Roethlisberger delivering him the ball uh yeah there's gonna be massive stealer regression this year nobody I'm truly high on but we'll, t- we'll touch on Najee and the receivers you know in other episodes but still just with Roethlisberger when it comes to that I think he's confident this year but you should not be starting Ben Roethlisberger in a league unless you're in a 32-man league <laughs> Chris. Um, yeah, that's a good point about Deontay because mm-hmm. if Juju does play more snaps outside, that means he's going to play the slot. So, it'll be yeah. Ju- it'll be Juju and James Washington outside, and Deontay playing the slot. Or Chase Claypool, Deontay, and, like they yeah, or, or they yeah, like oh, well, that's the thing. Washington, Claypool, and Juju are all going to be outside receivers here. I think Deontay is going to probably be like second in that receiving core in snaps because of his role. Uh, the slot role he's going to be playing for them. Yeah. You saw the volume last year; it was pretty crazy. And like I said, he's going to have value not because of Roethlisberger throwing him open or deep balls. It's going to be what he does after the catch. Just like what Jake said about the average depth per target. Um, yeah, exactly. Really bad. And I know there was the, there was the one chart that was going around. I think Warren Sharp posted it. He's the best analytics guy in all of football, I swear. Um, and actually, Jared Goff was one of the better accurate passers last year just on like an accuracy sometimes they weren't caught but like he had actually accurate throws ben roethlisberger as soon as it got past five yards they were all red numbers and you know that's bad (laughs) jordan what are your thoughts on uh on ben roethlisberger coming into 2021 yeah so i think one of the important things to keep in mind with roethlisberger is that now that his arm strength is diminishing it's kind of i think you can almost look at him similar to an aging running quarterback you know like he's always been able to count on his arm strength He's never had to be that Tom Brady, Matt Ryan-esque, relying on the short passes type of guy. It's just arm strength has always been a given. You know, Matt Stafford, um, who's the guy in, in Baltimore, for Joe Flacco. You know, man, these guys have never had to play with a weaker arm strength. He's having to now change his game, basically, at 39. I don't know that he really does it that well. And I don't really like the receiving core either because Pittsburgh, like, there's so much talent there, but they were just so inconsistent. And so... I think Ben Roethlisberger is a great trap quarterback because I think he's going to have a few games where he puts up some monster numbers and he'll probably follow it up with a horrible game where he's got three or four picks, maybe a touchdown and like under 200 yards. So I think there's some streaming value there because I don't see him getting drafted unless, you know, you're in a 32 team league. Um, So, you know, if quarterback injuries happen, he's probably going to be fantasy relevant at some point, but no, I'm, I'm not drafting him. Yeah, he'll be he'll be fantasy relevant at the time when it's when you, you had two quarterbacks already hurt and you need a win for the playoffs and he's the only one available because everybody's picking up quarterbacks to screw you. That will be Ben Roethlisberger this year. He'll be the guy that you regretfully have to rely on to get into the playoffs. 
And that is not a place. If you if you get to that point, anybody, oh my God, I am so damn sorry. <laughs> um, next, we're going to be talking about guys that maybe you want to have in your lineups come playoff time, some sleeper quarterbacks that maybe if you plan on waiting, uh, they can bring you a little bit of value. And we'll go the same order. Meerkat, who is your sleeper quarterback this year in 2021? I was bringing names up to you guys before because there's a lot of guys I like being drafted, you know, that I, I would draft, you know, three, four, five, six spots ahead of where they're being drafted right now with, like, you know, Matt Stafford, who we touched on a bit. I love Matt Stafford. Uh, Joe Burrow, there's a reason Burrow went one over Herbert. I still think he has the potential, especially with that offense around him, to be better than Herbert, you know, after that knee injury as long as he's 100%. But I, I want to talk about Jameis as my sli true sleeper. The other two guys, you know they're good, not really sleepers. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I think Jameis has huge, huge sleeper potential this year. I mean, the Saints so far, what they've done this offseason with team activities and stuff leading in the training camp has been on the field activities like 90% of the NFL. Um, so you're not really seeing, you know, the quarterback competition unfold yet or anything. It's just been mainly workouts and uh, weight room stuff that reports out of there are saying. And I just I think Taysom Hill is a great gadget guy, fun to bring in, you know, two to six times a game. <laughs> complete wild card, you know, but I think Jameis needs to win this quarterback competition. I think that year off for him was very good for, you know, under breeze, just being on the sidelines, being with Hayden and stuff, getting used to it. Um, you know, the following year, sure, he threw 30 interceptions, but he still threw 33 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. Like, th there's arm talent with Jameis. Like, he, I don't think he's a bust bust. I just think he did, wasn't, you know, fully there mentally while on the field in that year with, like I just said, for him is probably going to be great. And if he wins this quarterback competition, that's a great confidence booster for him as well. And mm. Saints offense isn't dynamic, but if Michael Thomas is healthy, they have some other guys who can do stuff. Kamara, you can count on for anything. So mm. I think Jameis has massive, massive sleeper potential. Yeah, the Saints reporters and, and like podcasters all are very high on Traquan Smith for some reason this year. Mm -hmm. If he can actually take a step forward, and I think I think this will be a Callaway's nice year. too. Yeah, Michael Callaway's good. Like they have some decent receivers. I remember Callaway was a guy I really liked at the end of the season last year in DFS. Mm -hmm. I used him a lot. Um, but it's it's yeah, Jameis is always someone that you know we all have a, a soft spot for. It. It's just because he's a fun guy. The 30-30, the 30-for-30 30 30 season is just, like, the greatest thing that will ever happen in NFL history. Um, and I certainly mm -hmm. like Davis more than who uh, our guy, some guy Steve, commented in here, Jalen Hurts. I really hate Jalen Hurts this year, actually. But I'll do an entire yeah. podcast by myself about that because I'm pretty I got him. I got him on the sleeper list. I just didn't talk about him. I he's just, being fucking... drafted at 10. That's not a sleeper. Uh, he's be... I, I, that's, I don't know. Like, that's the thing. That's why I didn't talk about him. Thank I, you. I don't get why he's being – drafted where he is i yeah. think I, I don't get the, where he's being drafted but i do think he has a good fantasy season just based off of rushing potential volume mm. stuff like that being the for sure guy that told him they didn't you know they yeah. traded back you know, so maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> chris how do you feel about Jameis? We'll, we'll we'll slander jalen hurts another day <laughs> bring up i was actually just looking at why jalen hurts was rated so high it's because he has one of the easiest schedules apparently the, uh for fantasy against quarterbacks oh, yeah. um so that's well fine. but for Jameis, i, I still have, don't like him yeah no, I'm not that. <laughs> I, love, I like Jameis if he can win the starting job he's a good filler i mean he's not mm -hmm. gonna it's you're gonna get three touchdowns three picks 300 yards and get 15 to 20 points i mean you don't have to worry about 
a quarterback absolutely busting. But if you wait on a quarterback and you can get a guy like Jameis, I'd much rather Jameis than the other, you know, like I would rather Jameis than like Carson Wentz. I'd rather him than probably 12 other, or not 12 quarterbacks, like 16, I'd say. So, but he has, you know, high potential. He can be easily be in the top 12. So that's a good sleeper. You'd probably be a great best ball quarterback. And if anyone doesn't know what best ball is, you basically draft a team and then it automatically sets your lineup every week with your highest performing players. So if you want a quarterback like Jameis, who's probably going to have a few like 30 point weeks and also probably a few duds, like that's definitely the format to go for Jameis in. Um, but I do love him as a right, as a regular redraft quarterback. Nonetheless, uh, Jordan, what are your thoughts on Jameis? And then uh, we'll let you give your sleeper. Um, I'm okay on Jameis. I like more what he does for the Saints offense than I like him as an individual fantasy asset. You know, I've heard a lot of people talk about like Michael Thomas, and we'll you know we'll get into that later when we talk about receivers. But a lot of people have said, oh, well, you know, Drew Brees is leaving this offense. A lot of Saints players have been downgraded. But you know, people say, oh, you know, Jameis he threw 30 interceptions, and I'm like, yeah, well, he also threw 30 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. Like, there's going to be plenty to eat in that offense. I just you know. If you're drafting one of the other skill players, you're not getting gig for those interceptions. But with Jameis, you know, you are going to have some duds. I think like what you mentioned in the best ball league, that's a great format for Jameis. Um, but he is certainly a very intriguing QB, too, because we haven't seen him in a year. He could have he could have learned. I mean, quarterbacks can improve. I mean, not that everybody's going to be Josh Allen. But if you were to compare Josh Allen two years ago to Josh Allen now, I mean, they're, they're two different players. So if. Winston learned to be a little bit more careful with the football. There is huge upside there. Um, my sleeper, though, people kind of been circling around the division a little bit. We talked about Dak. Um, talked about Jalen Hurts a little bit. I actually like Daniel Jones. Um, I don't think he's going to be a superstar this year. But like Chris was mentioning, quarterbacks are going early this year. It's been a run. Like Allen and Mahomes are being drafted pretty much interchangeably. And then within about a round and a half, there's like seven guys that are going off the board. And, you know, you might draft somebody and be like, ah, should I get that, you know, really good flex guy or take a quarterback now? And if you take the flex guy, all of a sudden, everybody from Lamar Jackson through Ryan Tannehill is gone the next time you're picking. So if you miss that, I think Daniel Jones has some upside with him because we, we saw last year, he's a pretty good runner. And I think that he's going to get some weapons back. They got a new receiver. Um, you know, he's got Saquon Barkley back. So I think that he, he gives you some upside with his legs. He showed that maybe he's not a great quarterback, but he was able to hang in there through some pretty tough games last season. I think the NFC East is better, but I think it's still probably the weakest division in the NFL. So those late season games, I think he's still going to be competitive. And especially uh, you guys were talking about how last week, I think how there's going to be some bye weeks during the playoffs. I think he can be an excellent fill-in option there. And most importantly, in all the mock drafts I've done, he's still available in the last round of the draft. So you can get, you know, a mediocre kicker and then take Daniel Jones the round after that. You mentioned you were kind of down on Carson Wentz. I think he's a guy worth drafting just because of the upside with that, you know, getting back together with Frank Reich. Um, if they can, if they can reignite that magic from a few years ago, I think Carson Wentz can be a really valuable asset, especially because you have two marquee quarterbacks that are sort of not where they were last year. I mean, Deshaun Watson, Obviously, that's a whole situation in and of itself. Um, and Aaron Rodgers, his situation's up in the air. So that's basically two new two new holes at quarterback. We're going to have bye weeks there. 
if you miss that run on quarterbacks, I think there's there are some valuable guys to get in rounds 15, 16. So. Yeah, and going, yeah, like having it, like being able to wait on quarterback, like if it really is going to go that fast, like I don't, I, mock drafts right now this time of year are always tricky because like the, the landscape changes completely by the time that maybe you draft in like August or September even. I know one of my drafts is literally the Friday before, or no, the Friday, yeah, the Friday before the league year starts. Like I like drafting that late just so there's as little variance as possible, preseason injuries and everything like that. Um, but on Daniel Jones, just because of how cheap he is, I do like him as a sleeper. He has two new weapons in, in Galladay and Rudolph, as you mentioned. And, and you know, it's it, we see they're, they're basically trying to do the Josh Allen thing the year after Josh Allen did it by bringing in a superstar wide receiver with Kenny Galladay, which I don't know if he's a superstar receiver yet. But he's got the talent to be. He definitely does. He didn't have the chance to be that in Detroit, really. And, you know, in a city like New York with a talented quarterback like Daniel Jones, who probably has another step to take. I could see I could see that offense meshing really, really well. It's also the Giants, so I could see it going poorly, but you're only investing like your last pick of the entire draft for it. So like it's not that big of a deal in my eyes. Chris, how do you feel about Daniel Jones this year? Yeah, I like I've always had a like a soft spot for Daniel Jones, I guess. I kind of I don't know. Yeah. I like the people that everyone kind of shits on, but <laughs> bringing Kenny Galladay was like amazing for Daniel Jones because that's what he does well. Like you, you can say whatever you want about him, he throws a great deep ball. Um, Galladay is one of the best contested deep ball catchers in the in the league. So I think that is a great um, uh, addition as well as a healthy Saquon. I, I feel like Daniel Jones is going to crush what he did last year at the very least his floor. Um, so I, I like I like Daniel Jones as well as one of those guys that could potentially get you 20 to 25 points on any given week and maybe has a decent floor at like 10 to 15. Uh, so yeah, I, I like Daniel. If you're going with the platoon of two quarterbacks, he's definitely one of the two that you should go for. Like, cause that's definitely going to be a late round strategy. Was that Chris? The rushing ability matters. Um, yeah. Quarterback, so. mm -hmm. It provides you a floor. Meerkat, how do you feel about How do you feel about DJ? I like Daniel Jones potentially break out this year. Uh, you guys brought up, you know, Saquon being back to so take a big burden off of him. Um, getting production out of the run game will be nice. Galladay is a nice addition. I think the most important addition to that offense is going to be Kadarius Tony, though, because, you know, Galladay's great deep ball guy and stuff can help spread the field. But Kadarius Tony, I mean, they drafted him, they, they kind of reached on him. You know, in most people's opinion, including mine, not saying that there's Tony's that'd be good, but he's a good receiver for Jones because you saw him at Florida. He's good at, you know, running himself open, tracking down the ball, coming back, you know, on a route. And Jones is a guy who is going to be scrambling a bunch because of both, you know, a terrible offensive line and his rushing ability. Uh, he tries to be, you know, Josh Allen light, which I hate those people are saying. Daniel Jones is going to be the next Josh Allen. Josh Allen's the only Josh Allen that's ever happened. I'm not saying that Daniel Jones is going to be terrible, but uh, yeah. I think he can be. I think he can break out this year. And I think he'd be good. He just needs to fix those turnovers. And without you know any major additions to help him on that offensive line, I just can't see his ceiling being higher than like QB ten. Mm -hmm. But QB10 for him. Oh yeah, QB10 for yeah. a guy that you drafted in the last. Yeah, that's a great rounds. sleeper pick for sure. That's just, if if he had a good offense, I think you know his receivers, his weapons are there in place. I like Evan Ingram still. And just please start catching the football. Start giving him more targets too, and stay healthy. But 
I, that offensive line is really going to hinder him. You saw it kind of do the same thing with Josh Allen until we made a major reworking on our line. That's a huge reason why he was so much better last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially forming chemistry with that line too. Like you, you mm-hmm. need time to figure out like the cadence of the center and the cadence mm-hmm. of the quarterback. Especially if you're an erratic like, quarterback like Jones and Allen are, where they can mm-hmm. take off at any time, and you have to be able to pull and adjust to the quarterback or move the pocket and stuff. Like, oh, that, that's important stuff. And he doesn't have that talent on his offensive line to really let him flourish to the best of his ability. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Chris, your sleeper quarterback for 2021. Um, I've got a pair that I'm targeting. Um, okay. I got Ryan Tannehill, um, and I'll start with Ryan Tannehill. So he's being drafted as like the QB 11. So basically drafting Tannehill in the seventh round, he's being drafted in the middle of the seventh round, is betting that he'll be a top 12 quarterback. They added Julio Jones, mm-hmm. and they still have Brown. Still have Derrick Henry. They did lose Johnny Smith, but, and they didn't really replace him. They still have Ferkster over there. First, I mean, me and me do. fucking love that guy. Anthony Firster. He's mm-hmm. the starter. Uh, but yeah, seventh round, I mean, that's the perfect time to take a quarterback, in my opinion, that still has, you know, top five upside. I think he was in, the, I don't know what he finished as last year, but definitely top seven, top I believe. Yeah, he was up there. So you're drafting him as quarterback 11 with top five upside. Honestly. Yeah. So, and I mean, they're always going to have to play man coverage because of Derrick Henry. And now they have two great receivers on the outside. So it's going to be a nightmare to defend. Uh, So that's my like seventh round guy. And then the last round, uh, I'm targeting two rookies, but I'm going to leave one awake. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to choose Trey Lance. Uh, I mean, in the last round of the draft, you know, he's starting or no, you don't know he's starting, but you, I have a feeling personally that he's going to end up starting, and when he does, a thousand yards on the ground is not out of the question if he starts most of the season, especially with seventeen games. Um, and that's really what you look for. Like Lamar is and Kyler's, they're carried by their rushing ability most of the time. So uh, taking a shot on a guy like Trey Lance in the last round, I think is a, is a fair risk. Although the guy that I left to Jake, I like more. Well, (laughs) that's a good cliffhanger. We'll leave that. We'll talk about these two guys for a little bit. Um, You know, Trey Lance, we saw what I love about him and how late he's going is we saw how short Jimmy G's lease was last year. And he didn't have, he had Nick Mullins, who actually through his first 16 starts in the NFL is an MVP quarterback with his stats, like 5,000 yards, 40 plus touchdowns, not a lot of interceptions. That's kind of bizarre, but, you know, C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins are not better than Trey Lance, at least most likely. Uh, And so him as a late-round quarterback who could probably start, who probably, in my opinion, will start the entire year, I think it's very likely we see Jimmy G traded in the preseason and Trey Lance starting all 17 games this year. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Um, Maybe they keep him as an insurance policy, but love that. And Ryan Tannehill, I got in a fight with some of my friends the other day because I think Ryan Tannehill's a top, like, eight quarterback in the NFL. People don't realize how mobile he is, too. Like, Mm -hmm. he's got some wheels, and that defense is terrible. So that offense is going to have to – it's going to have to keep up points. It's going to have to keep putting up points. Meerkat, do you like Tannehill? Uh, not that I hate Tannehill. Yeah, he's coming <laughs> off a great year and stuff. I just I see a bit of regression with him this year. Uh, you know, losing Johnny Smith is a massive, massive blow for him, especially. You saw how many times he targeted him last year and stuff. 
Derrick Henry's a nice, you know, safety blanket to still be able to move the offense, not completely rely on yourself. And I love AJ Brown. Julio's a good addition, but after that, it's not much. You know, I, he, I don't know. I, I just I, he's got two main weapons on that offense for him to actually use his targets with Julio and AJ and. You saw AJ get clamped down at points last year. You've seen Julio get clamped down as well. I, I just don't think it's enough for him to really break out, but he is mobile. He's consistent. He's good. I'm not saying he's going to be bad. I just I think he's outside of the top 10, but like just outside of the top 10 this year. But I also have a little personal bias. Guess tell me, I hate the Titans and I hate the oh, Titans. I so fucking I never hate the them. Titans. Yeah, yeah. No, I mm-hmm, I hate the Titans. So the crowd of this podcast is a very actively anti-Titans mm-hmm. podcast. We're very we're not shy about that whatsoever. <laughs> uh, Jordan, how do you feel about uh, you know our, the crowd of this podcast's arch enemy, Ryan Tannehill? Um. You know, Tannehill is – he's an interesting quarterback to me. Um, I think he's right on the fringe of being a true QB1 in fantasy. Um, I actually kind of have him as sort of like the end of the tier. And so in any of the mock drafts that I've been doing, if I don't have a quarterback by the time Tannehill goes, I sort of go into the mode of, all right, I don't have a great quarterback. I'm going to stack up my depth, and I'm going to grab somebody late at the end. Um, Tannehill is sort of that last resort guy who is a clear QB one. I don't necessarily think his upside is quite as high as you guys are saying. Um, but I, there are the stars aligning for him. Um, you've got Julio Jones, you've got um, AJ Brown. Meerkat was saying, you know, they've put the clamps on both of these guys, but that's because I think AJ Brown hasn't had a co-alpha on that team with him. He's always been the go-to guy. And Julio Jones, you know, yeah, he's not the guy he was five years ago, but he's still a dude that you can't leave your 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 CB2 on him and expect and expect him to not go off. The other thing that's interesting is uh, Derrick Henry. So you got a running back that doesn't really catch the football a whole lot, but also most running backs that lead the NFL in rushing one year tend to have a down year the next. Now, that hasn't happened with Derrick Henry. I think he led the league in rushing the past two years, but he's coming off a 2000 yard season. I think it's, you know, I I think there's a really good chance that he takes a step back. Maybe he's only has 1400 yards or something something like that. I think he's still going to go off, but I think that there could be some more, you know, some more targets, some more passes going around. I think the Tannehill can take the next step. You guys mentioned he's very mobile. A lot of people sleep on his mobility. Um, I've been kind of calling Daniel Jones, Ryan Tannehill light. Um, a lot of people like to call him Josh Allen and I, I, I don't see that comparison. That's like drafting a quarterback in the sixth round and saying he's going to be Tom Brady. Um, but I really like him as a sort of, you know, store brand Ryan Tannehill. And to me, I love Trey Lance too, because San Francisco is one of my favorite teams. I think it's such an amazing offense for quarterbacks to play in. You mentioned a few names. It seems like anybody who goes there is at least decent. Like we haven't really seen too many quarterbacks going to San Francisco in a while and just suck. They've they've lost positions. I mean, they had so many injuries last year. They're filling players, stepped up great. I think that Trey Lance is in a great spot to to perform. I think it's very clear that they don't want to uh, hang on to Jimmy G any longer than they have to. And honestly, I really like both these picks because when you're talking about the drafting so far, a lot of skill position players are going early. A lot of, a lot of question marks about a lot of players. So if you sort of, like I said, miss that run, you get Ryan Tannehill, and then 
you take Trey Lance at the back end, like if, if that's Chris's draft strategy, he's got a great bunch of skill position players and he's got two quarterbacks with massive upside. So I actually really love that draft strategy if you pull it off. Yeah, no, I do too. Like the, the dual QB strategy has always been kind of my favorite. Like, you know, you basically take two lottery tickets for the price of one, basically. And it's, it's it, more often than not, it works out. I say that. And the most recent league I won, I took Mahomes in the third round. But like Mahomes in the third round last year, that was a good value. Like that was a really good value. <laughs> um, we talking about one rookie. Oh, sorry, Chris, go ahead. I mean, I did the same thing last year and it worked for me. I, I picked Tannehill in the last round and Herbert. Uh, yeah. The last so it's basically the same except Tannehill I'm gonna have to pay up a little bit more yeah mm-hmm. yeah pretty much this year's his price is a little bit steeper than last year but still there is definitely value baked into where he's going right now absolutely his ceiling is much higher especially with as you if you want to hear about how bad the Titans defense is tune into the crowd podcast 5 p.m on Fridays we'll mention it at least once a week Titans defense is really bad so He'll produce a lot of points. Um, I'm going to bring up a rookie quarterback to end the show here. And, um, you know, it's kind of interesting because we're going to get this far and not talk about Trevor Lawrence at all. Like my quarterback wasn't Trevor Lawrence. Chris brings out Trey Lance and not Trevor Lawrence. What worries me about him is Urban Meyer. I mean, I just don't know what the hell to think an Urban Meyer NFL team will be. So I kind of, unless there's really good value, which him being the 16th quarterback off the board, maybe there is some. I think I like someone who could be probably, honestly, a top five quarterback in fantasy this year. Uh, And that's Justin Fields because he – and obviously it doesn't always translate. If you look at Mahomes and Allen, if you look at their college accuracy, it is – Stop it, Meerkat. QB won my ass. If you look at if you look at Mahomes and Dal- and um, I'm saying Dalton now, Mahomes and Allen's accuracy in college, it was terrible. It was god awful. They're two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this, like right now. They're the two quarterbacks that are going one and two. You can make an argument for it to be completely interchangeable. Hopefully, we get Jordan back. I hope we see his beautiful face one more time before this shows out. But Justin Fields, another guy with a beautiful face, most accurate quarterback in all of college last year. So I'm talking about quarterbacks that didn't have good accuracy and they came to the NFL and they're incredible. We don't have a lot of evidence that accuracy in college actually leads to being a great quarterback in the NFL. Like I was looking at some charts before and and I, and if I can't find it immediately, I won't bring it back up. It was on PFF and I know Buffalo hates PFF, so I won't reference it at all actually, but you know, the, 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 the quarterbacks who are closest to him in accuracy aren't even in the league right now. Like they actually are not in the NFL right now. If you look at the ones who are, Baker Mayfield's close to him in accuracy in college. Kyler Murray, too, which I guess he's a great quarterback in the NFL. Joe Burrow, jury's kind of out. Tua, jury's kind of out, but I hate the guy personally. If Murray, as with the same accuracy, is being taken as number three, I don't see a reason why Justin Fields can't at least compete with Murray for, you know, a top five, top seven quarterback for fantasy spot. Like, the weapons they have in Chicago – I really think they're underrated because of how they've been coached and because of the quarterbacks they've had. Like, Mitch Trubisky had no faith restored in him at all once he started struggling. They they were so quick to go to anybody who was behind him. Mike fucking Glennon, they paid him like $20 million to back up Mitch Trubisky. Like, that's kind of a joke. And Allen Robinson might be one of the most underrated receivers in football because look at who he's had throwing to him. Like, he's just not – like, he's never had anybody consistently throwing in the football. Now Justin Fields throwing Allen Robinson the football, 
he's actually going to have accurate passes to catch, which is kind of, you know, that's scary. Like Allen Robinson could be a value this year because of Justin Fields. Darnell Mooney, another great young receiver, I think could actually be good. Chris is going to bring him up next week. I'll stop talking about Darnell Mooney. Cole Komet, a really good young tight end who could actually be fantasy viable this year. Montgomery and Cohen, two really good running backs for what they're asked to do. I think Montgomery might be going a little early this year because of Cohen being hurt last year, and we'll talk about that more when we get to running backs. But all this just to say, I really think Fields has a shot at being Rookie of the Year this year. And if he's Rookie of the Year, he's going to be a fantastic fantasy asset. I I don't I meant to look at what the odds are for Fields being Rookie of the Year. I'm probably going to throw a little sugar on there to be to, uh, to just to make the the fantasy season a little more interesting for me because I know I'm going to have a few Justin Fields shares. He's going as like the 21st quarterback right now, which is just stupid. It's just stupid. Chris, I know you're passionate about Justin Fields. Yeah, I, it's no secret. He was like my favorite quarterback in the draft. Um, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is dope, right? He's generational talent. I just like the way Fields carries himself. I don't know. I, I, he passes the eye test for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, going through college, it was always Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields going at it at these camps. Um, and then Justin Fields has a shit uh, playoff game, and then he gets drafted outside the top ten. When you so, had broken ribs, like he stayed yeah. in that game. I mean, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he's still. So, <laughs> yeah. He, so he, the guy is built different. He's just like that. Um, I think that, but I think you're right. Between Trey Lance and Fields, I think one of them is going to win Rookie of the Year. Um, and I would put my money on probably Fields because, I mean, who's it? Who's their offensive coordinator? That's the only thing holding them back at this point. Uh, is, mm-hmm. it, is it still Nagy calling plays? I don't even. I know. think it's still Nagy calling. That would literally be the only thing that makes me scared. But for the price of like a 16th round pick, like I'll let a quarterback, I'll let a head coach scare me a little, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Meerkat, how are you feeling on Justin Fields? Uh, you know, I love Justin Fields coming out of the draft. I actually had him going third overall to San Francisco, and I said, if Justin it. Fields, I remember I was, like, screaming. I was like, if I don't have Justin, if Justin Fields goes out of the top five of this draft, I'm going to lose my mind, and I did lose my mind a bit. Um, I did have the Bears taking a quarterback. I thought it would be Mac Jones. Um, so getting Fields for them was huge, but I really think, like, how stubborn that whole staff is there and everything. I really think Dalton starts week one, even though he shouldn't. Um, and no. I'm, not, I'm not the biggest fan of their supporting cast. Like, their offensive line's not great. Tevin Jenkins is a huge addition for them. I like Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson. I just – I don't think the Bears is the best situation for Field. I just wish he had a better situation. I think he can make the most of it. Um, I wish he was starting week one. I love him. And I'm a Michigan fan. I hate, hate, hate Ohio State. I'm a Penn State and, fan. I hate Ohio yeah, State. And, yeah. But, like, I love Justin Fields, and he should get every opportunity he can. And I hope they do more in the incoming years to build around him because I just don't think this year is the best situation for him. But I do think he's a sleeper. All right, Jordan, we'll let you. It's your first episode on Trainwreck Fantasy. We'll let you close this out here. How do you feel about Justin Fields? What's the earliest maybe you'd be willing to take him? What round is the earliest you would take Justin Fields in to make sure you got him? As my, my phone's acting up, I don't know if my reception is okay. I don't know if you guys can hear me. All right. Um, 
I actually really like where Justin Fields wound up. So, see, in the thumbs up, excellent. I think Chicago is just built to be there a drama going on in Green Bay. Finally, that. You know, that lock is no longer there. Like, the NFC North isn't necessarily wrapped up anymore. Minnesota's decent. They're solid. Detroit's a mess. If Fields can be decent, I mean, you guys mentioned Chicago's got weapons. Their defense is nasty. I mean, if Fields can pop 20 quarterback, Chicago's making the playoffs. I think he has outstanding odds of – um winning rookie of the year. I mean, if he gets Chicago to the playoffs, let's say Chicago wins that division. How do you not give him rookie of the year? Um, in terms of how early I'd be willing to draft him, I don't I don't necessarily want him as a QB one just because he is a rookie quarterback. I don't necessarily love rookies as fantasy options just because a quarterback takes a while to develop. Um, but I'd take him as a QB two. I would take him depending on how my draft went, I would consider taking him maybe around the 12th round. I mean, I, depending on how things go, but I do think there's massive upside there. He's very, very talented. A lot of tools, a lot of weapons. I love the fit in Chicago there. There's so much, so many players waiting to break out in Chicago and I'm sure we'll get into it in later episodes, but I mean, ugh, I just, I, I'm so excited for Chicago. They deserve success after everything. And it feels like I said, he doesn't even have to be great to look great there. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I love him is he doesn't have to be great to put in a good fantasy season with the people he has around him. Like fields is going to be in my one league. And, you know, we'll get into this on another episode. We were going to talk about uh, good punishments for fantasy leagues. We'll get into that later because we're pushing an hour, but if I draft Justin Fields this year and I win my league, I will get a Justin Fields jersey for getting the being the championship because last place has to buy first place a jersey. That would be the cherry on top of the Sunday of this NFL season. But we have a while to get until there. That will do it for us here on Trainwreck Fantasy Football. Thank you, everyone who is tuned in. This episode will be up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere you get all the Trainwreck shows on the Trainwreck Sports podcast channels. So thank you for tuning in. And as we end every show here at Trainwreck Sports, good night. 